Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here along with Judd Zolgad and with just days to go before free agency officially opens and with Monday representing the legal tampering period as if there would never be any tampering before this that would be illegal. Nope, no one has talked at the uh, NFL Combine or anything like that, Judd. They're football virgins. Yes, they uh, they haven't spoken to anyone. In fact, they didn't even look at anyone at the NFL Combine. They avoided complete eye contact and very Minnesotan matter. But, uh, yes. so, so we want to give you a preview of free agency for the Minnesota Vikings. And, Judd, uh, we will get to other positions of need for the Minnesota Vikings. But I think every... Free agency preview begins with one name and one name only, and that is Kirk Cousins. So tell me, Judd, we uh, have struggled on this podcast with pie charts, uh, Courtney and I have, so maybe you can give your try. If you were making a pie chart handing out percentages, percentage chance that they get Case Keenum back, percentage chance Teddy Bridgewater ends up here, percentage chance Kirk Cousins is the quarterback or other, um, how would you rate those percentages? So right now, I would say uh, Kirk Cousins gets almost um, – he gets a huge portion of the pie because I think it's going to happen. I think other than the Jets, I don't really believe that there is a mystery team. I think if there was one, it would have come out by now. So I would say the percentage uh, chance of Kirk Cousins ending up with the Vikings is as high as, get this, 60%. That's I it. That's it. I would have it like 90% at this point. I think it's as high as, well, heck, then make it 70. My point being, my point being is I would lump the rest. Uh, I would lump the Keenum, the Bridgewater, the other, the Bradford. I, I would lump them all together and give them the rest of the pie. But I think that, uh, I think what you have to do is look at what Mike Zimmer said about paying a quarterback a lot at the combine realize that the guy who is his boss has basically said, we're going to do it. And it's not too big of a leap to say the player is going to be Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, I think as of maybe not Wednesday, but I wouldn't be surprised Wednesday or Thursday, I think we're going to get an announcement that Kirk Cousins has agreed to, to terms. And, and I am shocked. I mean, they might have tampered already, Collar. They might have talked to his agent already. 
I mean, it, from an ESPN report from Adam Kaplan, I think he's still with ESPN, right? Um, the, I don't even know where he is now. Okay, well, if he's yeah. not, then sorry, Adam Kaplan, but he's a guy that's pretty well dialed in, and he said yes. in a radio interview that he had heard Kirk Cousins has is already on the same page with the Vikings for a price of around $27 million per year, which is sort of been in the ballpark of where we've thought this thing would end up somewhere in the 30 million range the entire time. I I do leave the door open for anything to happen. I mean, I remember our last presidential race. I thought that one candidate was uh, favored heavily and another candidate ended up winning. So I would never count out any situation uh, that has not been resolved yet. And the real offers cannot be put on the table until... Monday when they actually start talking and then Wednesday when the free agency period officially opens. So until it's over, it's not over. It just seems that the buzz is so loud. It would be a complete shock if the Minnesota Vikings did not end up with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Now, this is gives us two different conversations to have, Judd. Because mm-hmm. this now is the how do the Vikings approach the rest of free agency with Kirk Cousins? How do they approach it without Kirk Cousins? And then had someone on on Twitter bring up this. If Cousins does want to go on a LeBron James tour where different cities write songs for him and things like that, and he wants to see all their facilities and sit down and have big uh, steak dinners in four or five different cities, which I don't blame him for. Like, you do you, and you get as many steaks as you can, my friend. But if he decides to do that, though, Judd, then the Vikings are in a precarious position of having to kind of sit and wait as other top free agents go off the board. Yeah, it's, you know what, my my experience too has been um, if you get a guy here, you basically stall, right? Like you don't see, I don't think, unless I'm wrong here, I don't think you see a lot of guys take the tour and go from Minnesota to, I don't know, take your pick, uh, to, to the Jets, to the Browns, and then, and then at the end say, I've decided. I think ordinarily what we see is a guy takes, he starts his tour and team one stalls as much as possible. And <laughs> yes. if the guy, yes. and if the guy leaves team one, team one's in trouble. So I will say this, if cousins comes here and cousins leaves, uh, if I'm a Viking fan, I start sweating a bit because I think the goal has to be, you get Kirk now to Egan, not even Prairie. Mm-hmm. You get him. You get him in that luxurious, which you've now seen, building with a, with a concussion room and the quarterback room and the, the cryogenic room, room and the cryogenic room. I mean, you offer you. You say, Kirk, would you die? We'll keep you alive, damn it. Yeah, and you don't let him leave. Uh, I, I remember uh, seeing that when I was in Buffalo and Mario Williams visited and it yes. was basically that same thing. They were taking him to Jim Kelly's house and just anywhere they could to keep him around. And they were thrilled that the weather was uh, unseasonably warm that day just the, to, to try and show him all the different things. So, I, yeah, I, I agree with you there that if he makes Minnesota his first stop and uh, he gets here and they show him the facility and they show him the money, then that should be about it for him. But if he leaves, then it does get more complicated. It's just, Mm -hmm. do you sit on your hands and wait Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, waiting for this guy into next week? I think that he could do that if he wants to. Then some of these other free agents, it either becomes a holding pattern or all of these other teams just scoop these guys up. Because if you look around the league, 
there's about four or five teams that are in need of a quarterback, and there's about 20 teams that could spend a lot of money. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers could go crazy still. They're signing Richard Sherman, and they could still spend more money uh, because they've got just all this cap room. The Cleveland Browns have a ton of cap room to spend. There, I mean, there are teams out there that are in even better shape with the cap than the Minnesota Vikings that could offer some of the best free agents huge contracts and allow the Vikings to potentially miss out on them, your Trey Burtons or Sheldon Richardsons, your top guys, and then also miss out on the quarterback, which would be probably the worst situation. But let's let's go in both directions here. So if they sign Kirk Cousins, which I think is by far the most likely scenario, then we are looking at bargain deals is what you're trying to find. So what would your first step be, Judd? And then I can give some names. If, sure. After you sign Kirk Cousins, what is your next phone call? Uh, my next phone call, well, there, there's two uh, positions that I think you've written quite a bit about that make the most sense. I think my next phone call would be either to look for help in the interior offensive line, and I don't mean a center because you should be, depending on Elf Line's health coming off the Eagles game, you should be set there. So, my first phone call would be to either look for help at the guard positions or defensive tackle. So I would immediately transition from from the sexiest of skill positions to the biggest meat and potato positions that you can get in guard and defensive tackle. Okay, so at the guard spot, there is one guy who really catches my eye, and that's Zach Fulton, who played quite a bit for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, He mixed in between center and guard over the last couple of years and has always had solid grades, good performances on a team that really ran the ball quite well and protected Alex Smith pretty well. There are some other interesting names here for the offensive line. Chris Hubbard is a guy um, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's kind of a Swiss Army knife of their offense. Uh, Against Mm -hmm. the Vikings, he even lined up at tight end sometimes and then at guard, at tackle. And it sounds to me from everything that I've read that they were very impressed with how he performed. His pro football focus scores are are pretty good. There's another guy that's interesting for a a real bargain hunt, which is Jack Muhort, which sounds like an amazing football ball name he's got some knee problems which would fit right in uh, but that might reduce his price a ton and when he was 100 percent healthy for the indianapolis colts he was really good i think signing cousins though takes them completely out of the running for the best guards which would be josh Sitton, andrew norwell justin Pugh, who could play guard or tackle but he's he's a really good guard and josh klein those guys are probably out of the mix and so would any other ideas for a tackle, <clears throat> excuse me, like Nate Solder, who is the top tackle out there, I think he would be off that list as well. Um, sure. That you're basically looking for guys who can compete for a spot or offer you some depth, and then it becomes you're getting a guard in the draft. As far as defensive tackles go, I think you could still spend some there. I mean, they're going to have some money left over with Cousins. They can't go crazy on other long-term deals, but for a short-term deal, maybe someone like Benny Logan, who uh, was good for the Eagles a couple of years ago, played for Kansas City. He's okay for Kansas City, but a guy that can rush the passer a little bit. Uh, Kyle Williams, a former Buffalo guy who is a veteran. Uh, Bo Allen for the Eagles rotated in uh, as one of those rotational players for them and was pretty darn effective. But I mm-hmm. think you end up being out of the running for Sheldon Richardson, who's the top defensive tackle out there. 
Trey Burton, though, Judd, I would say is still in play if you sign Kirk Cousins. And that intrigues me. I, I wonder how many people actually be on the Vikings and the, those of us who have talked about this are, are thinking about that spot. Because the tight end position, I think there's a perception of, oh, the Vikings are fine there. And they're not bad there. Uh, but that would that would be my third spot. So I would look at the guard positions. I would look at uh, defensive tackle. But tight end really, really intrigues me because I think that there, with a guy like Burton, you could potentially take a step from being, I think you're pretty, you're good there, I guess I would describe you, and, and you might be solid, but you could take it from being solid to being, I think, a really, really good offense if you had on a starting basis, if you had Diggs, um, Thielen, and Burton, that really intrigues me. It really intrigues me, too, and it would be worth overpaying for him because he is such a unique talent and someone who's proven that he can actually do it. I mean, not just a guy who you hope could maybe possibly run real fast, like Bucky Hodges or Michael Pruitt or guys like that. Well, you know, I mean, we saw him at the Combine, and he looked great, but then he couldn't play. And, and, and Trey Burton has shown that he can play. And where I was really impressed, I watched a couple games of his back when he started for Zach Ertz, that he burned a safety. They brought a safety up, I believe it was in the Rams game. They brought a safety up to the line of scrimmage. They lined up Burton as a slot-wide receiver, basically. And on like an in-post route, he just burned this safety and was wide open for a touchdown pass. It's like, man, you do not see too many guys who are his size and can jump to and can burn a safety off the line of scrimmage. He is a unique talent that if added to Kyle Rudolph, David Morgan was one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. Uh, I, I think you're you're in really, really good shape there. And if it is Kirk Cousins, he's going to have so many weapons to work with. I've got a few, Judd, for you under-the-radar guys okay. that, that might be intriguing for the Vikings if uh, they don't get Trey Burton, because I think he's going to have 25 teams calling him. So if they don't get Trey Burton, uh, Ed Dixon from Carolina and Luke Wilson from Seattle, neither mm -hmm. are as talented as Burton. But both of them are big, fast, mix ma uh, mismatch guys who could catch 20 or 30 passes next year. And the guy who really intrigues me as an option is uh, J.D. McKissick, who is, I mean, these are some deep in the weeds names. I understand that. But he was really good at receiving out of the backfield for Seattle last year. I think that's another area to look Kirk Cousins or no Kirk Cousins for somebody who could be that number three running back. Charles Sims from Tampa Bay is another guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield to be that number three, because I don't think Jarek McKinnon is coming back. If Kirk Cousins is here. No, I, I think he, he's gone. In fact, I don't think he's coming back regardless because of, of the uh, fact that he sounded like when he left here, he definitely wants a starting role or he wants to, to play a lot. I think Jarek McKinnon in the Vikings offense, was used very wisely, and I think it worked well. And I think he's saying to himself, well, I should play a lot more. I don't necessarily think he's right. I think if Jarrett McKinnon really sat down and thought about this, he might say to himself, I'm in a really good position with the Vikings. But I think he's looked at the success that he has had and, said that, and thinks to himself he should play a lot more. He'll make more, so I can't blame him on that uh, for that, uh, for departing. But I don't know that he is going to be super successful being used a lot. I think he had a very nice role here. And to your point, I think the Vikings would be sm very smart to replace that role. Now, 
what in your mind is Murray's uh, situation contract-wise too? Because if we do get into the conversation of if you sign Cousins and let's say that, that you want to start to get creative with the cap a little bit yourself by making moves, what's going to be his contract situation? Because I know that did come up at the combine. So they can save $4.9 million by cutting him, which would make a lot of sense. He's going to make six point three. And where the conflict is, uh, is that Murray would not want to give up the contract that he has. Now, maybe a restructure to try and get him the same amount of money with a different cap hit or uh, extend the contract somehow or whatever they do uh, to, to change things around. That is always possible or make it incentives instead. I think that they really do want to keep him, Judd. I mean, talking to Mike Zimmer, I think he liked what Latavius brought a lot, and he is concerned about the workload for Delvin Cook. If you think about it this way, Elvin Kamara was one of the elite running backs in the league, and he also had another really good running back on the same team, and I didn't see the Saints suffering because of that. I look at the right. Eagles with LeGarrette Blunt, a guy who had led the NFL in touchdowns in 2016, and they bring in Jay Ajayi. Two top-notch running backs is kind of the new thing that everybody is going with, and, and so I think that the Vikings realize that giving the ball to Delvin Cook 30 times a game is not really the direction they want to go, and they love mm-hmm. what Murray brought to the table last year. But if you mm-hmm. were a- asking me, though, what, whether I'd rather give that $4.9 million to Jarek McKinnon or to Latavius Murray, I give the slight edge to McKinnon because he is such a good receiver out of the backfield, and he can line up in the slot. And, and it does become an interesting conversation. Would you just cut Murray to create enough cap space to bring back McKinnon? I think that the head coach would not. I think that as a football decision, you might. But I, I, with McKinnon in that conversation, then the next step is, is he going to want to come back here in a certain role? I, I think he sees himself as getting a lot of playing time. And I don't think that he's, necessarily right that it's going to be super successful but he strikes me as a guy who says to himself okay i've had this role for what three four years now Mm -hmm. and now and now i'm going to and now i'm going to get the top job and don't don't forget he has been he has been uh misguidedly influenced by uh, by being a teammate of peterson for a few years too i think he looks at that and says oh i should play more right and (laughs) yeah and 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 the answer in today's in today's game is Jarek, no, you've got a role. You're good. Keep that, that role. But when you've seen Peterson and you think to yourself, we used him a lot. You know, he got 22 carries per game for two years. And you say that, you know, you might not be that good. But if you start to think that you should carry the ball more, I think McKinnon's going to leave based on that. I think what he's going to realize about six games into next year, if he does carry the ball as much as he wants, He's going to be beat to hell, and that's a problem. Well, I, I also think that he should look around the league when he's considering what type of role he thinks he's going to get. I mean, I, I just play a, yeah. little, play a little game here with you, Judd. How many running backs in the NFL do you think ran for over 1,000 yards? It's not a high bar. That's only like, what, 60 yards a game? Over 1,000 yards. How many in the NFL last year? Um, was it... I'm going to guess it's very low because there's so many teams that use two, at least two guys uh, and mix in a third. I'm going to guess something like five. It was nine. Nine running okay. backs went over 1,000 yards. How many running backs had over 300 carries last year? Okay, I'll go back and I'll, I'll say five on that. Uh, just one. 
Only Le'Veon Bell had over 300 carries last yeah. year. The next yep. highest was 287, LaShawn McCoy. So you're really your Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy. These are your only running backs that carry the entire load. Everybody else is sharing it. You look at Elvin Kamara last year, got 728 yards rushing on 120 carries. There is nothing wrong with that. If you're Derek McKinnon and maybe some extra money would help him recognize it. I think his growth in pass blocking makes him a real complete back. And if you combine that with uh, Delvin cook being your guy that gets 215 carries, and then you end up with another hundred for Jarek McKinnon and then 50 catches for Jarek McKinnon everybody's doing well at that point, but Jarek's going to want some money. So if you wanted to keep all three of them, or if uh, you wanted to cut Murray and then try to bring back McKinnon or Murray doesn't want to restructure his contract because I don't see why he would, uh, then we end up with kind of a tricky situation. I still came away thinking that they want to keep Latavius Murray, but possibly just restructure his deal. So let's now go to the other side of the coin, Judd. Let's go to... The Vikings sign either Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, or now A.J. McCarron I looked at yesterday, and I just want to quickly say A.J. McCarron is better than people think he is. And I have an article on that, 1500ESPN.com. So that's that's an aside that I think he's in that conversation because because he is better than people think he is. Uh, But let's just say now that instead of $27 million on the cap, it is now – $15 $15 million and Kyle Sloter or Lamar Jackson, someone in the draft is your backup. Now, what is your plan? So my plan out now, now that, that I'm down to 15. Yeah. The year, the, year, the year saving the year saving about $15 million from what you would have had to spend with. Oh, Kirk okay. Cousins. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> my plan then is actually my plan is the same. I, I just, probably go after bigger fish because mm-hmm. I, I I still go guard defensive tackle I'm intrigued uh, by a potential upgraded tight end so I I don't change I don't change my um, my plan as far as my position needs and wants go uh, but if at that point and I think we've been talking about this collar for two weeks or so at that point you can transition from okay we're gonna pay cousins a ton and we might have to get creative to how we how we sign guys and, and or create cap room to let's go sign two or three guys. So are you interested in nickel corner at all on the free agent market? Uh, you know, I am. Now, here's here's the problem that I had last year. I became pretty obsessed with that position, mm-hmm. and I really thought it was going to be a problem. And I've come to the conclusion that, uh, for the most part, Zimmer can coach up defensive backs. Now, now you need, you need your Rhodes and Smith, so I'm not saying – that, that that he could replace them. But my point being is I spent a lot of last last offseason obsessed with nickel corner. And in the end, my obsession turned out to be a little bit too much. So I'm interested in the position. I, however, don't think that it's going to completely fall apart if you don't get one. And I still am curious, is, is Newman going to come back to this team or not? Because I know he has said, he said during Super Bowl week, that he would, would like to continue playing. I still have concerns about his age, but I think in Zimmer's mind, that's going to make a difference too. Is Terrence going to come back, or is the plan right now 
to play this thing out, and he potentially does not come back. And even if he does play, it's not necessarily with the Vikings. And, and I should add that Mackenzie Alexander played about 30% of snaps. When he was in, he did a pretty good job. But at the end of the year, especially in the playoffs, there were some struggles there from Alexander. So there's kind of a, a conflicting feeling on him. I mean, he should have sure. been able to, at this point, he should have been able to beat out a 39-year-old guy for the job in training camp. And think about, they had to move Newman there at the very last minute. They gave Alexander every chance possible and then were forced to move him. And they might see Alexander as more of an outside guy or a rotational guy if he doesn't take a huge step forward. Now, if you don't get Cousins, you've got an opportunity to chase big fish and jack up this roster. And that's why I brought up nickel corner, because there are some nickel corners who could make the Vikings secondary even better than it is if you want to pay out. Uh, one of those is Bashad Breland, who uh, comes from Washington. He was uh, not as good of an outside corner, but a really excellent inside corner. Ross Cockrell's another guy from the Giants. And two big names, Patrick Robinson, who you might remember from yes. Interception for Touchdown fame. And yep. uh, also Aaron Colvin, who comes from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He might want to be an outside corner instead, but if he was willing to join this team for $7 million a year or something, uh, they would be up among the elite of the elite when it comes to secondaries if they got uh, players of that level. You'd also be able to look closely at Sheldon Richardson, and I don't think he's quite as good as his absolute best days with the New York Jets. But Richardson last year was still pretty darn good for Seattle, and putting him next to Linval Joseph would be terrifying for other teams. I, I mean, this is these are the type of options that you have if you don't sign a, a big quarterback, that you can overpay Trey Burton to come here. You could sign Sheldon Richardson. You could look at Andrew Norwell, who's the top guard and was fantastic for uh, the Carolina Panthers last year. Um, there's another tight end option, by the way, in Tyler Eifert. He's always hurt, but... I think he should be in, in the conversation. And then uh, Justin Pugh of the New York Giants is going to get, I think, a lot, a lot of money as well. And you can mm -hmm. even look at other guys like um, maybe Kendall Wright as a wide receiver. I mean, I think wide receiver is you still... You can go crazy at this point, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think wide receiver yeah. is still a part of this conversation too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not... Because they're so good at the very top of the depth chart, it doesn't come into your mind as an immediate need. But yeah, I mean, you get down, you go uh, dig stealing. I think Wright is fine. I mean, Jarius Wright, to me, is a professional, and, and he's not going to be outstanding, but he's very solid. But yeah, I mean, you get past that, right? And you go to Laquan? I mean, you could definitely upgrade there. But nickel, nickel corner, to go back to that, definitely intrigues me. I just... I really thought that the, the Vikings would go on the market last year and get one, and they didn't. And I've sort of come to the conclusion that Zimmer thinks he can he can find a guy to play that spot, which could be a little bit dangerous. It, it didn't turn out to be, I didn't think, last year. Uh, but I wonder if the mentality about that position has changed at, at all, given that we've seen Alexander for another year and that Newman is aging even more. What, he's going to be 40 at some point next year, right? Yeah. I think he was 39 this year. Yep. So I wonder if the mentality towards that position is changing internally with the Vikings or if they do continue to remain convinced that they can they can essentially develop a guy and or plug, plug in a guy to play that spot. Because what? I mean, that's a position, um, nickel corner, that's in for 50-plus percent. Yeah, probably 70%. Wrong, 70%. It's, basically, it's basically a starting job now. Yep. 
Yep. So it re- it remains it remains vitally important, and if you're not good there, it can make for a very long day. That's true. Something else to mention before we go into this is that it's my cap analysis looking at 2019 and beyond. I estimate that the Vikings can handle a Kirk Cousins contract and still re-sign all of their players that they need to re-sign. But mm-hmm. something came across to me on Friday night uh, news item from Adam Schefter that uh, would give you a little pause about re-signing everybody. And that's Mike, okay. Mike Evans's contract. Mike Evans, the wide receiver from the Tampa Bay Bucks, And he's going to make $52 million guaranteed over five years which is a ton for a wide receiver. And he is viewed as one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. No doubt about that. And anybody who has him on their fantasy team has loved him over the years because they throw it to him every time. Uh, Stefan Diggs does not have the fantasy numbers that Mike Evans has, but he has the tape and he's got the efficiency, the percentages when you throw him the ball that he, his rating, the quarterback rating when throwing him the ball is 116, so he's basically turning other quarterbacks into Tom Brady when they throw it his way. I think he's going to ask for a lot of money. Oh, $55 million guaranteed over five years. Sorry, 82.5 total. I think that Stephon Diggs, rightfully so, will want a lot of money, and if he has another good year, if he plays 14 games or more next year and ends up with 75 catches and a thousand yards and is top 10 again, pro football focus. You're going to have to pay him somewhere in the range of what Mike Evans got. I think. Well, yeah. And if, if that sets the market now, I, so if, if we take that contract, let's, let's play this out then. Let's take that contract and say that uh, the digs comes to, uh, to the Vikings um, and asks for the same amount or perhaps slightly more. What would that do then to your analysis of the potential cap if you do sign Kirk Cousins? I think that would change things. Now, I don't think that they would give him that. I think that at right now, Diggs can't ask for that much money. But let's even say it's $40 million guaranteed that he's looking for. That kind of changes things a little bit, not just because of Daniil Hunter being an edge rusher is going to ask for a ton, and Kendricks and Barr are both going to ask for a good chunk of money. Where it really changes things to me is with Adam Thielen, that Adam sure. Thielen is going to want a new contract or contract extension after that because he is outrageously underpaid right now and has every right to ask for a new deal. It would make a lot of sense for Thielen to say, hey, wait a minute, you're going to give Stefan Diggs $40 million guaranteed? What about me? And then you get to a point where you have to decide, okay, well, are we going to give that money to Diggs? Are we going to rework Thielen's contract or sign him to a big extension? And how are we going to handle all that down the road? And that's where a quarterback contract does get in the way and, and makes things pretty hairy. But I think uh, people will be surprised at Stefan Diggs's contract and how much it is. Or it's all it's possible, Judd, that Stefan Diggs could see this money and go. <laughs> I'm every bit as good as that guy. I'm going to hit the open market instead. And when you look at some of the contracts that receivers who are on his level or even less are going to get this offseason, mm-hmm. Diggs might be the guy who bets on himself. Xavier Rhodes did not bet on himself. And he's, imagine if Xavier Rhodes was a free agent right now. Instead, he decided to sign the big contract last offseason, take the money, oh, and go here. and not risk another year. But Diggs yeah. might do it, though. 
Yeah, and if he does, and you you bring up the point of Thielen too, which I find to be really intriguing because we now know that he is playing for a, for a on a contract that is is well below what he should be getting. This could get very dicey. This this all this all adds up to uh, signing Kirk Cousins certainly means that you could have some, some long desired quarterback stability for the Vikings in this town. But it also goes back to this. This is really, 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 Collar, all about one thing. 2018, right? Yes. Because, yes. because this is, this is the, the Rick thinks he has solved the quarterback dilemma for a few years here. But as far as this roster goes, and Zimmer can, you know, knock the whole notion of windows being open or closed. And this is a window in 2018 that is going to be Game, it's going to be, it's going to be gone. The window's gone. It's knocked out. It's knocked out of the frame. Your opportunity to dive through that, dive through this thing is going to be huge. So I think what all these discussions go back to is that citing Kirk Cousins, while it would give you some stability for a few years, is really all about one thing. And that is, that is winning the NFC title game in 2018 and then getting to the Super Bowl and winning that. I 100% agree. Which, There's no window, Matthew. It's knocked out. It's been blasted out. It, which is reasonable for them to sure. do that with the team that they have stacked up right now. And the Seattle Seahawks should be your cautionary tale. The defenses do not last forever. That eventually, even the greatest, the Ravens, the Bucks, the, the Seahawks, they eventually all fall apart and then you have to rebuild them again. And the Vikings have one now that is worthy of being the top or one of the tops in the league next year, which would make a lot of sense to, to bring Kirk Cousins here. And that's where, Judd, it's always funny to me. I got even tweets this morning about, oh, you, you, you hate Kirk Cousins and all these things, like, just like we hated Case Keenum, remember? And mm-hmm. it's, oh, not, it's, not, stand him. it's not that. It's not that. It's that we looked at it the same exact way as the head coach of the football team, that Case Keenum, you wonder if it's a one-year thing. And, and then he's going to fall off like many quarterbacks in the past have, uh, Aaron Brooks or Darren, uh, Derek Anderson or guys like that. And then we look at it like if you're going to spend this much money, it will ultimately make things tough for you at some point. But at the same time, I think that Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. And with a supporting cast and defense, they should be a very, very competitive team. And well, it's that sort of it's that sort of non hot take that I guess leads to some uh, misinterpretation sometimes. I well, guess. and in this sport, you are only going to be good for so long. Yeah, I mean, unless unless you're the Patriots, um, for the most part, you are going to be good. You, like you, you can't realistically look at this team and this and this defense, for instance, collar in my mind, and say, okay, five five year run here, right? I mean, you, just look at if if you're a Vikings fan. Just look at 2017 and then 18, or I'm, I'm sorry, 16 and, and 17 to get the comparison. Look at the health that you had this past year defensively. I mean, is that going to repeat itself? Who knows? But when you go from 2016, when, when you start out with uh, five consecutive wins and quarterback play from Bradford that looks pretty damn good and your defense looks great and then guys start to get hurt and things start to, to go wrong, that could repeat itself in 18. So, like, this is, to me, what this is, if you sign Cousins, is this is banking on that you're going to have health, again, defensively especially, but that you're going to have health on both sides of, of the ball and that you are going to spend that much on this quarterback and you're largely going to do it because you think for at least one more year you have an excellent chance to win a championship. But 
in saying that too, everything has to go right for for the most part. And the 2016 Vikings are an example of what happens when everything goes right for a period of time, a little while, but it doesn't continue. So there's a lot of gambling here too, but I think for anyone to sit here now and say, if you sign Cousins, this is a four-year window. Not necessarily, folks. This is this is a window that looks very much to be open in 2018, but guys are going to start to get hurt. Guys are going to start to get old. And and banking on that this this is a sport like baseball, where I think you can realistically say if a team builds up, it can be good for an extended period of time, is probably fooling yourself quite a bit. But but I wouldn't say that they're wrong in thinking the way that they're thinking. That um, if, if they, no, I'm just saying you can't that, extend it. Yeah, I, I'm saying you can't you can't extrapolate it to be like well in 2021 we're really oh, going to sure. be good again. Yeah, no, no. Sure. I'm saying it's just very brief. So. So for all that the Vikings and the fan base and, and the, the press can talk about the concern about can you keep Diggs, can you keep Barr, can you keep Kendricks, those are all very important questions. But this is also a league where you, all, where you make moves to because you see a chance to win immediately, and that chance can often be fleeting. Just a, something to um, throw out there, a, a report from the Boston Globe that I just ran across that the uh, from Ben Voline, who's kind of dialed in guy, reports a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. the Vikings told Teddy Bridgewater he is still in the conversation if they do not land Cousins. And Voline writes that the Jets are the team that could offer and will likely offer Kirk Cousins the most money. So maybe me putting it at ninety percent was a little bit on the high side. And maybe I still said sixty though. It's it's high. Yeah. I, and 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 here. Here's and we've talked about this for two weeks now. Here's what I would love to know: Wouldn't you love to know what, what the internal conversations are for the Vikings as far as what Spielman is saying and what Zimmer is coming back with? Because I really, I really still believe in my heart that Zimmer looks at that price tag for Cousins and says that makes it really hard for me to keep my defensive guys mm-hmm. and or sign guys. Yes. And, and I also think Zim is caught in the quandary of, I really still like Teddy a, a lot. And I think Spielman's saying, we got a chance to get a quarterback here. Um, but my guess is that Zim has a lot of trepidation about the potential fallout of what, what that could mean. I don't blame either one. I just think it would be really interesting to know what the exact mindset from both those guys is right now. I I'm definitely with you after listening to Zimmer talk that I think yep. he is probably just how just how we discussed time in and time out about him waking up in the middle of the night after having nightmares of Case throwing a pick six in the playoffs that I think he's having the same nightmare about letting Teddy walk and then a having Teddy beat Kirk Cousins in a playoff game for some other team or b losing in the playoffs because instead of ranking number one, he all of a sudden ranks number eight or number nine in defense because they couldn't add an expensive three technique or they couldn't add the nickel corner or or the depth that they really didn't have last year but got away with not having that maybe he would have wanted to continue to improve the team because uh, he said over and over that he does not think it's perfect. Well, I am really, really excited, Judd, to get into this free agency. And, and for Purple Podcast listeners, we're going to have a free agency party with at least Courtney and I. Judd, you are invited. I don't know if you're busy, but you can come. Wednesday, I might stop by. So so is is Monday basically, is the legal tampering period Christmas Eve and Wednesday is Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, you're sort of 
you know, having the hot cocoa and you're talking with your brothers and sisters about, yeah, I think, I think this box looks like that. I think that's what, I think that's, I think Teddy Ruxpin is in there. I think that's what we're going to end up with. Yeah. No, it's definitely like that. Because it's going to be, it's yep. almost more exciting than actually opening the presents. It's the gonna speculation. Be, it's going to be all rumors. And then once three o'clock central time hits on Wednesday, it is just going to be a flood. So we are going to be, uh, Doing purple podcasting. I don't know what our plan is yet. If we want to just every move do like a purple podcast reaction, or if they sign Kirk Cousins right away, you know that we're going to have a bunch of stuff there. So that will be something to listen for. I can't wait, and we will uh, we'll talk to y'all then on the purple podcast. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.